everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about my definition of thin. I wanna go through this because program yourself thin, that word is kind of a hot button word sometimes. And so I wanna be crystal clear about what I mean by it and hopefully get you on board with it. So my definition of thin is you weighing exactly what you want to weigh, right? So you can say, I weigh exactly what I want, I'm thin, right? So it's not a BMI chart, it's not what your doctor said, it's not what you weigh when you were 20, it's your definition of what you want to weigh. Now we need to go to the next piece though. What do you wanna weigh? What is your goal weight? And this is where things get interesting uh, because again, this, not your BMI chart, not what your doctor said, not what you weigh when you were 20, not what you weigh when you got married. What should your goal weight be? I believe your goal weight should be the weight that gives you the best quality of life. And in order to figure that out, we can't just pick a weight as if it lives in a vacuum. You need to realize you need to live and eat a certain way in order to achieve that weight. And you've got to take that into account when you're choosing your goal weight. I find a lot of people choosing a goal weight that they want that they don't want to live and eat at. Right? So if you're choosing a goal weight that you need to eat 500 calories a day on, that's not probably going to be a good goal weight because your quality of life is going to be very low. Right? If all you're doing is drinking water, eating carrots, what is the point? Right? Because your weight, like money, is a means to an end. Just because you're thin, just because you have a lot of money, doesn't mean you're happy. Right? The process is very important. So we've got to take that into account. I see a lot of people don't. They just look at the weight, but we got to look at how you're going to live and you're going to eat. Take that into account. Find that sweet spot. Where is the sweet spot for how you want to live and eat and the weight that you want to be at? That, I would suggest, is a great way to get to that goal weight. You can take into account the BMI charts, what your doctor says, and all the rest of it, but that's kind of the main thing that you are really ultimately basing it on which one's going to give you the best quality of life, which one is the most enjoyable to live. Because just being at a weight doesn't mean anything. We know this. You've lowered your weight in ways that sucked and you did not stick with it because you weren't happy. Okay? Yeah, you liked being that weight, but you didn't like living that way. Okay? So as soon as you take this into account and you choose a goal weight that takes into account how you're going to live and eat, now you're going to feel something you've probably never felt before, which is what we refer to as congruency. You're going to want to live this way and you're going to want to be that weight. And that unleashes a lot of motivation to help you actually achieve it. But most people, again, they want to be that weight, but they do not want to live it. So there's kind of this internal conflict. And when you get rid of that, you free up all that energy to push you and bring you towards your goal. So take some time and think about what is the ideal weight for me, taking into account how I believe I would have to eat and live to achieve it, and then back it up and say, what would it feel like to be at that weight in a way that was easy and manageable and sustainable for me? That's my definition of thin. And if this works for you, let that be yours too, okay? Let your goal be, I want to be thin, realizing it really just means you having complete and total control over your weight so that you cannot ever have to worry about losing weight, what you're going to eat, how you look, all of those things gone forever. And you can just enjoy your life at the weight that you're living at, the way you're living it, and focus on other things that bring you happiness. I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. As usual, I will do my best to answer them. Oh, yeah. What do we got? A Tuesday here? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, a lot of busy day here. A lot of coaching going on. If you don't know me, I, I am a weight mastery coach. And I say the difference between weight loss and weight mastery. That's a very important distinction to me because weight loss is really about losing weight 
And weight mastery to me is about getting to your goal weight and living the rest of your life there on near autopilot. So I think that distinction is very, very important. I think the idea of just focusing on losing weight sets you up for failure, right? Because if you just think about the process of losing weight as if the goal weight was the only goal that mattered, you'll do unsustainable things and you may lose the weight, but you won't be able to keep it off, right? Because you don't enjoy that. So again, I think if you upgrade your goal from I want to lose weight to I want to get to my goal weight and live the rest of my life there on your autopilot, I think you'll be happy that you did. You know? What's up, Bailey? How's it going? And Jim, what do you say with meditation? You should breathe through your nose. What is the benefit? Yeah, yeah. So breathing through your nose, um, it's funny too, because like I've been doing yoga for 30 years. And so in yoga, they call breath work pranayama. And in... Um, in pranayama, you're just you're always taught to breathe through your nose, and so like like some things, right? You just I don't know because that's what they tell you, right? However, there was a book last well, a couple years ago now um, called Breathe, and it's really good. I, I strongly recommend it. I don't know. One thing I read a lot of books. Sometimes I always wonder like are, are people overstating things. So this guy, he is a journalist, I guess, or a writer, but he he wrote this book and does a lot of like kind of tests. So it's a bit anecdotal stuff but it's really interesting anyways i digress right um there's tons of benefits of breathing through your nose uh a lot of times people cultures would intentionally train you to breathe through your nose so one of the first things that happens is this is gonna sound weird probably it was to me when i first read it but when you practice breathing through your nose you actually have a different breathing posture right when you have your mouth closed you don't have to purse your lips or anything but when you're when your mouth's closed and you're breathing through your nose the breathing posture is different and you're able to regulate the air better. And um, there's just a lot of benefits physiologically, posture-wise, the muscles in, in your body and your, jo your jaw and everything, that helps out. You just breathe differently, you have more control over it. Uh, it's easier, I think, to breathe in a more regulated way. So certainly if you're doing breath work, um, using your nose, you can control it more, right? If you, you have a big hole, it's hard to make the air go in and out slowly, right? It's kind of, and it's harder to control it. If you breathe through your nose, certainly if you're doing breath work, it's easier to exhale slower, more intentionally, and inhale, you know, in that way. So, uh, again, I'm not going to go into all those details, but breath is a great book. It was, there was just so much stuff, stuff you would have never imagined, you know, just all the benefits of breathing through your nose. I'll tell you one more, and this is a little bit off topic, but one of the best things I learned in that book is about mouth taping. So you would take a piece of, uh, a piece of tape, like, you know, about, about that big. Right. And you put on your right here like that. And I started doing that. I do this at night now, every night. And that has been one of the most profound. I always I always kind of like come up with a habit of the year, you know, from different stuff I read and new things I implemented. That was a habit of the year one. Um, I started taping my mouth and that forces you to breathe through your nose. And my whole sleeping has changed. You know, I used to I wasn't a bad snore, but I would snore. Um, and, and I'd realize like laying on the sofa sometimes watching TV, I get, you know, I fall asleep in my mouth. Uh, right. And you, then you start breathing through your mouth. So taping my mouth, it's crazy. You breathe through your nose, it's better for you. Um, it keeps all this nice and uh, moist so it doesn't dry out. Uh, it feels a lot better. It's kind of stopped my, I used to grind my teeth and stopped that. So that's just one other benefit of breathing through your nose when you're sleeping is, is helpful as well. Um, what do you think about fasting? Um, it just depends how you're doing it. All right, so the golden rule of programming yourself thin is there's no right or wrong, there's only what works for you. So, you know, I would never sit here and say fasting is good or bad. It, how do you feel about it, right? If you fast and you like doing it, it's great. You know, if you hate doing it and it's a struggle and you dread it, then it's not great. 
You know, there's no there's no magic thing, right? You don't need to fast to lose weight. You know, like that, I always say this, like when it comes to the weight loss, these diets always market themselves as being the only solution. And you got to do exactly this way. None of that's true. There is no perfect diet. If there was, that's what we would be doing. But it just depends. The perfect diet is the one you do. So that being said, I use intermittent fasting personally, right? I And this is something I've developed in my life. Before I was called intermittent fasting, I wanted to stop eating at night. And so one of the things I did is like, here I go to bed and I wanted to make that window between when I stop eating and when I go to bed bigger. And so eventually I got to the point now where I'll stop eating usually six, seven o'clock at night. I don't eat the next day till seven, eight. And um, that really works well for me. I love it. And so taking, I think taking a break from eating for a period of time, you know, is 12, 13, 14 hours. I think it feels amazing. So, so I, I love it. Now, I didn't love it at first. It was hard at first, right? So that's one of those things I kind of went into. And now I love it. My body, I sleep so much better. I feel better, all the rest of it. But sometimes I see intermittent fasting being taught as like, you got to do 16 hours. If you're not doing 16 hours, what's the point? You know, it's like, I can't stand that stuff because all intermittent fasting is, you're just compressing your eating window to, to consume less calories, right? So it doesn't matter if you're fasting. If you go from, you know, you don't eat for eight hours while you're sleeping and you press that to eight hours, great. Press that to 12 hours, great. You know, with the difference between 12 and 14, 14 and 16 hours, negligible. You know, this is the science of it, you know. Um, so, again, it depends how you feel about that. So that, that, that would be my answer to that one. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, hi, I just went on a 40-minute walk while listening to your videos. Oh, that's awesome, Leanne. That's great. I was actually, I don't, give me some hearts if you think about this. I, I was I had a program idea in my mind. Um, and something to the effect of like walk yourself then where you could literally, I was thinking of doing like a walking hypnosis session, you know, um, where you're, where you're reading, I mean, where you're, where you're walking, but you're, you're hearing all this positive stuff. So I don't know if that's anything anyone would be interested in, hit, hit the hearts and stuff. So I'd be curious to know if that's, uh, something anyone would be interested in just fixing my camera, this camera stuff is the bane of my existence. <laughs> Not a bad bane. There's worse banes, right? You're helping me a lot, so thank you. You're welcome, Leanne. That's awesome. And speaking of helping you, again, anyone here that's not in my my world here, go to my bio, click the link, and get the hypnosis session I give you. Yeah, you, okay, you like to walk yourself then. All right, I, I think, I know that's a good idea. I know I already know that's a good idea. So that's something I'm going to, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on. So stay tuned. I'll let you know. But again, go go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. As soon as you sign up for it, it takes a few minutes to send it to you, and I give you a training, three steps to master your weight, and um, I really suggest you watch it. Right? It's about a half hour, but it'll change the way you think about weight loss, right? Because the biggest thing affecting your weight loss is mindset, and so I take you through um, really a whole different way to conceptualize it. And you know, when, if I do the walk yourself, then I'll, I'll let you know about that through there. Balancing questions. Very interesting. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome, Bailey. Um, a walking session would be amazing. Yeah, right. That would be good. Yeah, I love that idea. Movement and learning, right? I love it too. I, lo I love walking so much. Walking's funny. I, I've, that's like such a great example, like the all or nothing mindset. Like people are like, oh, walking, uh, I have an exercise, but is walking going to do anything? Is it going to do anything? <laughs> I mean, if you if you haven't been moving at all for 10 years, walking's amazing, you know? And and the reason why, let me go into this a little bit, because I think this this speaks to the, the bigger way that I think, that I think is really helpful when it comes to weight loss. We want to stop thinking about, with, with diets really have us focused on calories, 
right? Just cal- you know, calories in, calories out, which yes, technically that's important, no doubt about it. But there's so many other factors that are influencing that. You know, I always joke like most people think about their weight loss like it's a bank account, credit debit, but it's really like the stock market, right? There's all these different factors that are impacting things. So if you start going for a walk, let's just say a 10 minute walk, right? It's not gonna burn a lot of calories, but what ends up happening is you go outside, you're moving your body, you're breathing fresh air, you're getting some sun and wind and you know, on, your, on your face and on your skin, and you feel better most likely. You kind of decompress a little bit, you get back in nature, and you didn't burn a lot of calories, but you feel better. And now maybe you're a little more in tune with your body, you're feeling a little more upbeat, I did something, and now maybe you make better food choices. You see, so maybe you didn't burn a lot of calories because you went for a walk, but maybe you stopped yourself from eating 400 calories because you went for a walk. Do you know what I mean? So again, we have to look at the bigger picture here. You know, again, this is why diets, I think all fail because they're one tactic. Oh, just intermittent fast, just do keto, just count your points, just cut your calories. And it's always like this one thing. And it's like, you need a more comprehensive, holistic approach. That There's no question about that because what comes down to dictating your weight is not knowing what you should do. You already know what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. That's not the problem. The problem is that you don't know how to get yourself to do it consistently, right? You, you struggle with that piece. And so in order to get yourself to consistently do the right things, you need to take a bigger approach. You need to zoom out a little bit, look at the big picture, right? Because do your emotions impact what you eat? Right? <laughs> don't your emotions impact what you eat more than what you know you should eat? Right? Am I crazy? Right? If you were a robot and you just typed in what you're going to eat all day and then you ate it, would you have any problem with your weight really? All right. The problem is when you get home and you're exhausted. Ah, oh, I can't fight the cravings to eat the cookies. You know, I don't give a shit what I eat. I don't care what I eat. I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's the emotions are way more impactful on your calories consumption than your knowledge of what you should and shouldn't eat. This is why diets, you know, probably will never help you. You know. Um. Yeah, Bailey says, yeah, all right, that's a good one. I, I know that's a good winner. I, I'm going to do that, but I, I don't know when I'll get that done. Probably, I, I usually, I've kind of, I've noticed I have like these annual patterns. And one of the patterns is I'm going into this time of year, usually November and December, I usually either redo a program I have or create a new one, you know, and um, that, that's one I've been thinking about for a while. What can I do with constant thinking about food when trying to lose weight? Yeah, great question. That's a great question. I want to talk about this because I think this gets to the heart of program yourself then. Program Yourself Thin is really, it's aiming at lots of stuff, but the key thing we're aiming at is that little voice inside your head. How do you think? Right? The primary way you think is you have this internal dialogue. You talk to yourself all day long, right? And so that's why people, you know, Ozempic and Wagovia, it's like, oh, it uh, it gets rid of the food noise. Well, yeah, I, 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 let's talk about food noise because I've been focused on food noise for 30 years. I'll call it a hedonic eating. I just think about eating for pleasure all day long. I don't know how to deal with it. I need to put some chemical in my body to make me stop. Well, that's one way. The other way is you learn how to influence your thinking. This is why I say the mindset piece is so important. So what can I do with constant thinking about food when trying to lose weight? Let me teach you two things about your subconscious mind that make what you're dealing with um, hard. So... There's two things you want to know about your subconscious mind. So you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is the logical, rational part of your brain, knows what you should eat, why you want to lose weight, what you should do to lose weight, tries to get you to do it. This is where your willpower is. And then there's your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And so 
your conscious mind is your prefrontal cortex. It's about 10% of your brain anatomically. The rest of your brain we're going to refer to as your subconscious mind. This is the part of you that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So we might want to understand how the subconscious mind works because they work very differently. It, your subconscious mind is not logical. It's very associative, very Pavlovian. It links things together. If we were, if your subconscious mind was logical, none of us would be here. We, I wouldn't be teaching this. You wouldn't be listening to me because you already know what you should eat. And if you were a purely logical creature, you would just eat what you know you should eat. I want to lose weight, no more cookies. And you wouldn't eat cookies. Okay, but that's not what happens, right? I got, I want to lose weight. I want to stop eating cookies. And then you say, well, wait, why are we eating cookies? Because uh, we're on a diet. We're not going to do it. But, but we always eat cookies after lunch. No, no, we're on a diet now. But what about the cookies, <laughs> right? And so that's what, that's what you're referring to, I think. And so what we want to understand is that about the subconscious mind is two important things. The first one is that your subconscious mind does not understand negatives, okay? So if I tell you to not think about what I'm about to say, I want you to do your best. Don't think about what I'm about to say. Do not think about a banana. Do not think about a banana. Don't think about a banana, right? Now, I told you not to think about it, but what are you thinking about? A banana, right? Because your subconscious mind has to, well, what's a banana? It has to make an image of a banana, and you think about what a banana is, then you try and do some shenanigans where you try not to think about it, but you just thought about it. The second piece of your subconscious mind that's really fascinating is that it doesn't, it can't tell the difference between vivid imagination and reality. This is why movies and TV shows are so enjoyable because we're sitting there and we're watching this scenario and we're getting experiences from it. We watch sports. We feel like we're playing the sport. We're releasing adrenaline in our body. We watch a horror movie. We're nervous. We watch a comedy. We're laughing. So when you start going on a diet, what are we doing? You're basically saying, okay, no more sugar, no more carbs, right? And so what's happening to your subconscious mind? It's imagining sugar. It's imagining carbs, imagining all your favorite foods. You keep thinking about them. You keep saying no to them. And the more you think about them, the more they create cravings for them. You see? And so once you understand that, you realize dieting is not a good effect because, or not a good strategy because what you're doing is you're trying to stop yourself from thinking about the things you always do. So what we want to do is we want to not focus on what we don't want to eat. We want to focus on what we do want to eat and solutions that we do want to implement. And so Constant thinking about food when trying to lose weight becomes, instead of saying, I can't have ice cream, we start saying things like, I'm going to have a salad instead. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to have some water. I'm going to eat something healthy. I'm going to have a low calorie ice cream. I'm going to, you know, again, I don't know what the solution is. That's another piece of the puzzle. Once you figure out what the solutions are, it becomes an obsession on what the solution is. You'll notice with your weight loss, you are obsessed and fixated on the problem. You're constantly asking questions like, What's wrong with me? Why can't I stick to this plan? Why do I keep screwing up my diet? Why can't I stop eating these the ice cream? Why can't I stop eating the cookies? Why can't I do this? You're obsessively thinking about all the problems and you're literally creating more of them. You're literally programming your mind. Let me give you an example. If you overate last night and you're like, Jesus Christ, why do I keep overeating? Why did I overeat? What are you imagining in your mind? You're imagining yourself overeating. And so when do you ever say, how could I eat in a moderate comfortable way where I automatically eat the right amount and then stop comfortably naturally. You never ever do that. <laughs> and so you never get to practice it. Okay. And so this is a big piece of the puzzle is that with your weight loss, you're always focusing on what you have to stop doing and we program yourself. Then we focus on what you want to start doing and practicing that and getting good at it. Hope that makes sense. Um, Luna says, thank you a lot for your content. You're welcome a lot. I'm glad you are appreciating it. I can't find balance. It's hard restriction or binging, no in between. Yeah, and no, I get that. I mean, that's the diet mentality, all or nothing. And, um, you know, that's because the diets don't want you to lose weight. All the diets you're referencing about how to lose weight 
are all owned by big food companies. Do you know Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz? Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, the company owns Atkins Food Products, the same company owns uh, Onions Pretzels and Cinnabon. The company owns Slim Fast, the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. You don't leave her. And so these companies, I don't think they really want you to lose weight, what, and eat less of their products. I think they want to get you coming and going. And when they get you on the diet, they really just put dumb shit in your head that doesn't work, which is just, here's the plan. Here's the plan. Just follow it. Here's the plan. See you later. Right? And you're supposed to force yourself to follow this plan. And that's the problem. You don't know how to follow it. You don't know how to influence your thinking. You don't really know how to influence your behaviors in a real way. And so you force yourself to follow for a little bit and then you get sick of it, tired, bored, and you get off of it and you go back to what you always did. You know? So instead of being all or nothing with program yourself, then we're all or something. It's fascinating. Because watch this. All or nothing, what you tend to do is Nothing, by the way, is just your normal automated thinking, right? So when we're nothing, like you're not thinking about weight, you're not thinking about food, you're just living your life, you're overweight, okay? That, that's kind of where you've been programmed to be. And then you go into diet mode sometimes. This is your all mode. Okay, harsh restriction. That's it. No more of this. No more of this. We're going to diet. And what happens is it's all or nothing. But if you zoom out, you'll realize you're dieting for a couple days and you're doing nothing for a couple months every year. You see what I mean? So, so mathematically, it's way off. And so everyone approaches their weight loss like all or nothing. Okay, tomorrow's Monday. Now I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to eat 1,200 calories, no more carbs, no more sugar, whatever. I'm going to be perfect tomorrow, starting tomorrow, Monday. And I'm going to be perfect all the way until I reach my goal weight. Now, that makes no sense, right? Because if you could just do that just because you said to do it, you would have already done it by now, right? You need to practice this. And so all or nothing, you just keep flip-flopping between these two and you never get anywhere, um, all or something's totally different though. Because yeah, there's sometimes when you're focused, you're motivated, life's working for you, everything perfect, great. But most of the time you're in nothing zone, okay? And so you gotta stop being nothing, you gotta be something. And this is really interesting because this is another approach to weight loss, you know? Is that instead of being nothing, you do something. Again, programming yourself tends a 1% better every day philosophy. So we're not trying to hit a home run right out the bat. We're trying to get 1% better every day. And this is built on the philosophy that most people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a year and underestimate how much weight they can lose. Most people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. So the all or something idea is this, that we're really focused on going from nothing to something. And we start doing something and we get used to it. We get good at it. Now we do a little something more. 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 Holy shit, I lost the weight. You know what I mean? Like, that's the approach. And it makes a lot more sense because every single other thing in your life that you want to learn, this is how you approach it. You know, if you want to learn to play the piano, you know, you really want to learn it too. You're really motivated. You're not going to commit to 10 hours a day of practice because after the first day, your fingers are crippled up. You fucking hate the piano now, <laughs> you know? But that's what you're doing metaphorically with the diet. You're overwhelming yourself. You're overcorrecting and overwhelming yourself so severely that you can't stick with it. How could you? You know, because again, the diets trick you. They're like carnival games. They try to say, take something that's complicated and make it seem really easy. I think the best example is keto. Just stop eating carbs. All you got to do is just stop eating carbs. What could be easier than that, <laughs> right? Well, the flip side of that is you have to completely change how you're eating. Well, that sounds a little more daunting. Let's just go back to, you just have to stop eating carbs so easy. You know, it's not easy. And so the chances that you're going to completely transform how you eat tomorrow, they estimate we make over food, 200 food decisions a day. You think you're just instantly tomorrow going to make 200 right food decisions all of a sudden? Like, it's that simple? Again, what you're trying to do is you're trying to consciously control something that's an automated behavior. Um, dieting is, is much like, 
like tomorrow you wake up and you you're going to brush your teeth with the other hand you're going to use your computer mouse with the other hand yeah go ahead and do that and you'll quickly realize halfway through brushing your teeth that you're annoyed and irritated you can do it but it takes lots and lots of conscious energy it's hard and so um hope that helps you out Walking is a keystone habit for me. Sets me up for better decisions for the rest of the day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Keystone habits, right? I love that. Good good, good word there, right? Keystone habits is, is a, great, um, a great concept. So we use that in the program too. Yeah, it sets me up for the rest of the day. That's what I mean. Like, you know, it's weird that I have found that it's, it's the little things. You know, that's why we, we in Program Yourself, then we use a, a lifestyle approach as well, right? In order of importance. What I mean specifically when I say lifestyle too, which I want to point out. I think one thing I do different than a lot of weight loss programs out there is I give you the, the practical details you need. I think a lot of people use buzzwords like lifestyle mindset. And well, what's that mean? You know what? Well, I think a lot of times people are using mindset just for as another word for willpower. You got to get yourself in the right mindset. Well, how? You got to live a lifestyle. Well, what do you mean by lifestyle? You know, I'll tell you what I mean and what we work on in the program. Proper sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Now, don't let that overwhelm you. Again, because I'm all about practicality. But you start putting these things in your life and they automatically reduce your hunger, improve your cravings for healthier food, reduce your cravings for unhealthy food, balance your moods, clear, clear your thinking, connect you to your goals, make you feel better. Um, and that makes it easier to eat well and ultimately master your weight. Um, yeah, the walking, same for me. I, I mean, I love walking. Now, now, here's the thing. I, I've i got like, this is the, I, and I'm not trying to brag here, but it's like most people have like like brushing your teeth. Like that's the healthy habit you have. I've got like nine, 10 of those. And again, it's taking time, but I've got them now. They just run automatically. I just do them every day. And it is, the more I, the, these habits have transformed my life. Yes, the, the eating, I have eating strategies and all that stuff too. But the, the lifestyle piece to me is, it's the physical foundation, right? So my mindset is, is, is the non-physical piece of it that I really am working on solidifying. But my day-to-day -day reality, really, I'm focused mostly on my lifestyle pieces. And the more, the more I'm doing the lifestyle, the better I'm doing my lifestyle, naturally, the better my eating becomes, you know? So I, I think you guys are both right with, um, with the walking is, is a huge piece of that, you know? Um, what's up, Don? I win no banana for me. Get out of here. You did not think about a banana. I was so in denial that calorie deficit works for me now. I've been in one for three and a half weeks and lost nine pounds. Yeah. Plus full body strength training three times a weekly and 20 minute cardio. Great. That's so great. And I hear what you mean. Like there, there is something I, I get a lot of, uh, I don't know what the word, I don't want to say hate. I don't mean that, but I get a lot of negative feedback when I make certain videos that are basically to the effect of if you're overweight, it's because you're overeating. You know, people get upset with that sometimes. They say, oh yeah, well, you're not a menopausal woman. You don't have insulin resistance. You don't have leptin resistance. You don't have Hashimoto's. And there's all this stuff. Now, listen, I've been doing this for 20 years and my main client, <laughs> my, my client is usually a 45 to 65 year old woman in some phase of menopause, you know? And so I, my whole career has been helping women in, with these physical challenges, which are real, lose weight. You know, it, it all comes down to a calorie deficit. And I think sometimes there is a denial about it. I think we have a psychological immune system. And I think sometimes it's easier to say, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight than to, to really look at the truth of it. I, I think you're right there. You know, so I, I agree with that, Harry. Um, you, cause you know, and I, hear, I make these videos where it's like, you know, I know people get mad about it, but what's the alternative? What, that if you're overweight and you're, a, you know, a 50 year old woman that you can't lose weight? 
no matter what you do, you won't lose weight. That seems like the most disempowering message to me, you know, and it's not true. I, I, I mean, I've worked with everything, Hashimoto's, PCOS, obviously insulin resistance, um, hormonal stuff, thyroid issues, all of it. And, and people always lose weight. I don't know. Is there someone who could never lose weight? I don't know, you know, but I haven't seen it. And, and people regularly think they can't, and then they do. What's up, Karen? So, yeah, you got to believe in it. You got to believe in yourself. Yeah, Marcy. All right, we got the crew. What do you think about romanticizing skinny bodies? Sometimes skinny doesn't equal great health. Now, I'm glad you said that because I'm getting a lot of that shit right now because I put out, you know, listen, for me, I didn't know Kate Moss says nothing tastes as good as skinny feels back in the 90s or whatever. But I've been saying nothing tastes as good as thin and healthy feels for a long time. And that's a core weight loss mantra of mine. And, you know, again, I, I say this if you don't know me. I've been doing this for 30 years personally, 20 years professionally. 20 years professionally working with over, usually overweight women, successful, smart women, um, sometimes men as well, uh, that want to lose weight. They know what they should do and they can't get themselves to do it. So that's been my world obsessively. I haven't worked with eating disorders or anything like that. And so... I get online and I get on TikTok and all the rest of it. And I said, I put that out there and, and it's, oh, you know, and I get it. I understand it, but I, I'm going to be clear. I'm taking the word back. I, I don't mean anorexic at all, you know? So it's like, I don't mean it at all. And I just started this call with this. To me, thin means you weighing what you want to weigh, you living at your goal weight. So it's a, it's, a, it's a state of confidence. It's a state of certainty that you're able to live at the weight you want to live at. Again, your goal weight, the weight you want to live at, I think you should take some time and reflect on that because I think a lot of people just pick a low weight and don't take into account how they have to live and eat in order to achieve that. And so I think that's where that problem, I think that's where you're headed to. Skinny doesn't equal happiness. We all know that. I think we all know that, right? So um, it's, I always say like, like weight's like money. It's a means to an end. And just having, just being skinny, just having a lot of money doesn't matter if the process sucks. Right? If you're a millionaire, but you get all your money from robbing old people, ugh, that's not good. And if you're, oh, I'm, I'm this weight, but I'm absolutely miserable. I eat 400 calories a day and I, I'm miserable all day long. I think about food and I'm just, I feel like shit. Well, what, I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about at all. And I know these people know that. I, I, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm, I'm here to be supportive. But um, yeah, I think, I think skinny, skinny bodies are romanticized. You know, I, I do think that it's somewhat true. There's, there's no question about it. But it's like, I don't know what to do. Everyone gets to decide what they want to weigh, right? That, that's your choice. You get to weigh what you want to weigh. And it is your choice. It, it, I See, here's the thing. I, I like being thin. I like it. I feel like it's easier on my body. Um, it's really, it's a lot less about how I look. I'll be honest about that. I just feel like it's easier on my body. I feel like it's less pressure on my joints. Now, again, my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. Okay, so there's a lot extra motivation there for me to weigh what I weigh because I think I'm going to live longer. With my weight, I think my weight being low puts me in a better position to live past 54 and not have a heart attack, you know? So a lot of my motivation really is healthy, physical, me operating at my best. I like feeling light. I like not eating a lot because I like feeling light. I feel energized, you know? And I, and I feel like this sets me up best to live as long as I can, you know? Do I like how I look? Yeah, sure, sure. But I, the main thing is I, I, I like being thin. And it's like, you can't say that, right? Well, why? And people say, oh, you're giving people EDs. Give me a break, man. It's like, as I've had conversations now, I've, I've had conversations with some of these girls and it's like, yeah, they're on social media all day long looking at tiny, skinny people. They ain't me. <laughs> it means they oh, you imagine being thin and healthy, thin and healthy, right? They never hear that part. So being thin and sick, I'm not for that. 
and just thinking that some weight's magically going to make you happy. I don't believe that. You know, I believe it's got to be um, this holistic approach. Again, I always say take your weight loss, wrap it in personal development. To me, my weight, I'm not really trying to be a certain weight as much as I am trying to be the best version of myself. Oh, you're saying the best version of you skinny? Yeah, I am. I think for me, and that's my fucking choice. You know what I mean? Like, it's my choice. I can weigh what I want to weigh. If I want to be thin, I can be thin. Well, I don't think that's true. Then all you have to do is just swipe up, you know? I think anyone that listens to this message knows I'm not, I'm not sitting here promoting anorexia. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, it's obvious, I think. Um, but I don't know. Can I, can I control all of what culture thinks about weight loss? Are people that are obese and overweight treated unfairly? Yeah, I would say probably. Probably. But, but that, what can I do? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not trying to contribute to that. You know what I mean? Like everyone, because I work with people, as I don't think thin, I don't say look at the BMI chart even. I think everyone gets to decide where's your sweet spot? Where do you get the best quality of life? Right? What weight gives you the best quality of life? Being overweight, being obese, that's not a great quality of life. right? And so being super thin and, and being miserable, and right, that's not a great quality of life in my opinion. So it, it can't just be by some weight calculator because that's not, you get to decide. And so you have to take into account what do you have to eat and live in order to achieve the weight that you want to live at. So I, there was a point in my life where just life was going bonkers. We, we'd moved in a new place, redoing the house. My kid was just born and he was a shitty sleeper and I was exhausted. And I put 25 pounds on. It was about 12 years ago. And I looked at it and I said, okay, I'm going to raise my goal weight right now. You know, I added 10 pounds onto that goal weight. As I said, I, I, I'm, it's just, I'm just too tired. There's just too much shit going on. I can't live at that same low level. It's too hard now, you know, for me. And so I, I raised my goal weight. So just to put in context, I don't think there's no number. That number has no meaning. It's only the meaning you give it, you know, but I think a lot of people don't really think about that. So anyways, <laughs> um, I've been watching your videos for two months and have lost 13 kilograms. I love your approach. Thank you. Mariella, that's awesome. We'll take a screenshot of that. <laughs> I get these every day, man. You know, like I know I'm, I'm doing it for you guys. I'm helping you out. And I, I love that. that. It makes me so happy to hear that. Great job, Mariella. Great, great job. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I'm in calorie deficit, but not lose weight is true calorie... I'm not sure what that last word is, but listen, I, I hear that a lot. People say, well, I went in calorie deficit and I didn't lose weight. And my, my first thing is always, well, how long? You know, again, that's the worst part of dieting, my, my opinion, is it, it slows up, um, it slows up, it, it shortens your time frame. You know what I mean? And so like all that diet marketing, literally, right? Think about this. You see millions of diet ads. Every diet ad is before, after picture, how long it took. And so it, we have been framed, conditioned to think about weight loss in this very, very short-term time frame, And that's a big part of what I say. That's why I say stop focusing on weight loss. Start focusing on weight mastery. Don't focus on just losing the weight. Focus on living at the weight you want to live at, right? And um, because, I don't know, a lot of times it takes longer than you think. As soon as you start like eating better, what happens is you get time distortion. So days feel like weeks, you know? So you just have to take that into account. You got to set yourself up for long-term. That's why I program yourself. Then we use a 5-2 model of eating. Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating, you know? And um, that's, uh, that I think is a much more sustainable long-term plan, you know? But everything I talk about is, is for sustainable long-term. Um, Deja, I just ate candy. Should I kill myself? <laughs> Deja... Uh, uh, they just trolling. I, I get this. You know what I mean? Like it, it's fine. I don't, I don't mind it, but it's, it's nothing what I'm saying. So, I mean, if, if people want to take what I'm saying and, and 
misconstrue it. What can you do? You know, that that's just the age we live in, <laughs> you know? I got to, like, let it go because it's like, this is the type of shit, though, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'll tell you, I don't know if you put shit out on social media. I never did, you know? I've been doing this for, like, 20 years professionally. And only the last years I started going social media. And I was blindsided. You know, the first time I said thing, I was like, holy shit, I never thought of it that way. You know, my detriment. I, I just don't work in that. Listen, weight loss and eating disorders, while they seem like they may be related, I, I've done nothing with that. I mean, don't deal with that at all. And so, um, yeah, people want to misconstrue stuff. Yeah, well, what can I do? You know what I mean? Just not put anything out because I'm scared of that. I'm not going to do that, you know? And so I'm happy to have conversations with anyone. Nothing I say, nothing I ever say, you'll never, ever, never hear me say um, to do to lose weight in a way that doesn't make you feel better and isn't good for your health and happiness. You'll never hear me say that. So, um, and by the way, here goes another piece to it. Let me say this. I think weight mastery really has two pieces to it. I think it's action and acceptance. I think the action piece is changing your eating, your lifestyle, how you're thinking in order to get the results you want to get. And I think for most people, you're also going to have to focus on some acceptance because we live in a society and a culture that is constantly putting these ideas of what perfection is. And a lot of it's bullshit. I'll give you an example of what I mean. I remember a couple of years ago, there was some baseball player, I don't remember his name now, but he was on the Sports Illustrated, this is like some athlete, like naked um, uh, episode or whatever you call that shit with a magazine. And so I forget his name, but, but so he's, he's just ripped up. I'm like, oh my God, look at this guy. And I remember thinking like, I want to look like that. You know, and this was only like five, five years ago or something, you know, but like, I want to look like that. And uh, anyways, I, then I, I heard about what he did. And I, I call this natural photoshopping, right? In addition to regular Photoshop, which I don't think they photoshopped him, I guess. I don't know. But hear this one out. Is um, I read about how he got ready for this thing. Now, first off, let's, let's recognize he's a professional athlete, okay? So he's starting off with specific genetics, all right? Um, he's a professional athlete, so he's also had, you know, a lifetime of, you know, lifting weights, working out, you know, eating to be a professional athlete, all that. Okay, right? So we're just starting from there. And so that's the starting point for when he's like, okay, you're going to be in the Sports Illustrated thing in a year or six months after it was six months or a year they gave him lead time now he starts on this real strict lifting regimen eating regimen and now as he gets like a month out he starts really dialing it like like no really micronutrient macronutrient specifics then he gets like um a couple days out and now he's doing like what wrestlers and, and professional ufc fighters do like really cutting weight you know what i mean get rid of all the fat like almost like he was gonna do a bodybuilding thing and then like the like 24 hours before he like just stops eating stops drinking anything stay like you know all, all this shit and i was like oh my god because i looked at the picture i said i want to look like that you know what i mean how easy how easy to just say that when we see it and we start that becomes our reference point for what we should be able to look like and we don't take into account and that doesn't again that doesn't take out the lighting they shot him with um, all this other stuff but never mind even that just the fact that he knew he was going to be doing that and he dedicated so much time energy on top of a body that's genetically built for that and that he's lived a whole lifetime of being an athlete. But that's what I'm saying. Our ideas of what are normal and what we can do are so off base. And so we start to think of ourselves, we, we think of like um, whoever it's going to be that we're referencing as like the ideal body. Um, we're, prob we're probably not going to look like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, tough shit. What can I say? Like, am I saying anything that's not true that you don't already know? But no, but we live in kind of trances. We're just kind of like, oh, I want to look like that. I want to look like that. Well, that's the acceptance piece. You're probably not going to look like you thought you did. You're probably not going to look like you did when you were 20. 
I'm sorry to say that, right? Because again, that's why I do these. I do this for free so I can say whatever I want. But the, the flip side is I'm not going to bullshit you. I am not going to bullshit you. If you're in your mind thinking, you know, if you're 50 years old and you're like, I want to be what I weigh when I was 20, you're probably going to be in for a tough time. There's got to be some acceptance of who you are. And it's so skewed in this society, right? Because we're just constantly fed this steady stream of, of perfection. And it's bullshit. You know what I mean? You've got to come up with what's perfect for you. You know, so anyways, I don't know how we got on that, but... Um, after meals, I always want to eat something sweet or another portion. How do I get rid of that? That's a great question. I don't think you have to get rid of that necessarily. That's me though. Um, for me personally, like I know what you're saying and I felt uh, not breakfast so much. Oh, that's not true. I used to eat breakfast, which was breakfast was fucking dessert. Now that I look back at it, but I used to eat, I'd have like sugar cereal, wonder bread, Jif peanut butter, uh, maybe juice. And then between that and lunch, I'd have either a donut, a muffin, croissant. Then I'd have lunch, which was usually a big sandwich and chips, um, followed by a cookie. Then I would have like a candy bar or some kind of candy and chips and maybe a drink. Then I'd eat my dinner, which was usually pretty solid um, for a long time. And then after I'd just eat, I'd snack all night. So um, I get what you're saying. What I've come up with is, now again, I'm not going to say this is going to work for you, but I, I don't have anything sweet after breakfast or lunch now. Well, no, that's not true. I'll have a banana a lot of times after lunch. That That's sweet, right? But then dinner, right? What do you do after dinner? I want something sweet. There's two things I've learned. One is that window of wanting something sweet for me typically lasts about 10, 20 minutes. So if I distract myself, I get past the 20 minutes, I kind of let it go. The other one is that I have found dark chocolate for me works really well. A couple squares of dark chocolate really satisfies me in a way that like, if I had a peanut butter cup, I'll eat it and then I'll want another one. Then I'll want another one. Then I'll want another one. That stuff is literally created to be addictive. And so I find that if you can get something sweet that's a higher quality, higher like chocolate, that's something that's worked for me. So I, I didn't get rid of it. I just found a better strategy. I hope that helps. Um, the other thing to do though is, is really, you have to be able to connect to your state. So a lot of times we get worked up. We eat really fast and we're getting this mode where we're just like, and we can eat a lot. So if you can start working on relaxing and eating in a more mindful, slow, calm way, that helps that as well. You know, try brushing your teeth after dinner. Yeah, that's a great one, Marcy. That too. Yeah. Brushing your teeth is definitely helpful. Floss and brush the teeth. Um, what's up, Francis? How long did it take for you to lose 25 pounds? I lost 50 pounds. And um, again, you know, I know you're not going to like this, but... It's like if you can stop thinking about how long it's going to take. Tony Robbins always asks, I love this question so much because I really think it frames this well. Is he, would, he would ask this question. He goes, how long would you give your kid to learn how to walk? Right? How long would you let them try learning how to walk before you just said, that's it. You're never going to be able to, you're, you're done. How long would you give them? Right? Now, it's a silly question because you say, well, I, I, they're going to do it until they learn. Right? There is no time frame on it. There's just, you're going to do it. We just don't know when right? Now, when it comes to weight loss, you're always putting these arbitrary timelines on it, right? So what if I said it took me six months? And you say, oh, shit, that's too long, right? But here you are, and you got to look at how much weight have you lost the last six months, the last year. You see, you're so obsessed with fat. Most, most people are so obsessed with fast weight loss that they stay on this never-ending, they're on like a hamster wheel, you know? And you're never really making any, any real progress, and if you can get rid of how, how long it's going to take me to do it and just focus on doing it, that's how you get next year at this time. You're like, holy shit, 50 pounds, I'm right where I want to be and I did it in a way that's easy and sustainable. I'm going to keep this off forever. You know, it's like, again, the diets have infected our brains. If you're struggling with weight, I guarantee you, you have a diet mindset. You think like a dieter. 
And that, that mindset is keeping you trapped more than anything else. Because right? what do you do? You keep trying the same stuff over and over. It may be the same plan even, you know, or it might be different plans you try, but every plan's the same, right? Every plan is the same in the sense that they're just giving you the plan and it's up to you to follow it. And usually that plan is a way over correction from where you're starting from. You know, like, I mean, again, Weight Watchers has readjusted this now, but it's like, it used to be 1200 calories a day. Well, the average American consumes 2,700 calories. That's a 50, 60% reduction in one day that you're going to stick with forever. Come on. You know what I mean? Like that's not a very good strategy if you want to get long-term results. doesn't make sense, you know? Um, I need to hear this today. It's a long, slow process. It is a long, slow process, but so what, folks? Because I ask you the question, how long you want to keep the weight off for? What'd you say, forever? So who gives a shit? Who cares if it takes you six months or a year or two years if you lose it forever? You know? Like, like it's it's funny like that. Uh, Don, you're welcome. You're welcome a lot. Yeah, again, once you learn how to think about things different, it changes everything. You know, but what a lot of people are doing is they stay in that diet mindset. And part of the diet mindset is, well, I'm going to try again. Oh, and, and you're hitting the worst spot of the year, though. You know, so be careful of this. November and December get real tricky because you say, oh, because first you got Halloween, you know, and so you're eating a lot of candy and now it's hard to get on track for the beginning of November and then you hit Thanksgiving and now it's like, oh shit, here come the holidays. All right, see you in January 1st, you know? And I always find, like, just like I always say, program yourself then is probably the only approach, the only plan you'd ever start on a Friday, you know? Um, it's also probably the only plan you'd ever start during the holidays. You know, because it's not always about losing weight. Sometimes sometimes the focus should be about relaxing and replenishing yourself and calming down and dealing with the bullshit, you know? So the holidays, right, it's usually stressful for people. And so we want to be able to relax and calm down. That's a way to manage your weight, right? It's not just about just restricting calories. That's just, that's one little piece of the giant puzzle, you know? Just wondering, did you skip alcohol when you were trying to lose weight? Um, I did. I did when I... um. I did skip alcohol. I had a real transformation inside and out when I lost the weight, you know? And so I always tell this story. I, I was, I was in a tough spot. My dad died when I was, when I was nine. Um, I knew, I knew it had to do with his weight and his health and stuff. I was like, oh, I'll never let that happen to me. You know, 10 years later, I'm overweight. I'm 50 pounds heavier than I am now. And, um, I'm binge drinking, you know, and, uh, and I'm just doing crazy shit and I'm depressed and all the rest of it. I took a semester off from college. And this is the part, this is really true. Some people never believe me. This is, this is, I swear on my kids' lives, this is true. Within about a month of that, that semester I took off, I got exposed to Tony Robbins, personal development, neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, yoga, meditation, martial arts, guitar. And all of these things, I just, I grabbed onto them full, full, both hands. I really, really held onto them. And they transformed me from the inside out. So I began to, you know, part of the work for me was from the meditation and yoga, I began to sit with all the emotion inside of me. You know, there was a lot of anger and sadness and all this shit from my dad. It was just unresolved. And I believe I was using the food and the alcohol to avoid those things, you know? And so, uh, so for me, it was kind of a bundled package, which I think for a lot of people is, is a good way to go about it. Again, that, that brings me back to, I don't think just trying to lose weight's enough motivation. I think you should really wrap it in personal development. Make this about becoming the best version of you possible. It's a way more motivating concept 
become the best version of you possible and the weight's one piece of that. You know, I, I tell if you frame it that way, it's a much more motivating idea. Um, and, and again, the more motivation you feel, the easier it is to achieve your goal, you know? So can you, can you drink alcohol and do it? It's harder, you know, because again, it, it reduces inhibitions, it increases hunger, increases cravings for unhealthy food. So it makes it harder. Could you do it? Sure. You know, so it's really about figuring out what, what the, how do I want to do this? You know, um, but that, that's a good question. Stress sets me back when the kids start, I reach for food. Yeah, I get that, Claire. Um, that's what you want to do, though. You want to recognize you never want to just stop your emotional eating. You want to understand it, okay? Because there's different types of emotional eating, and they require different solutions. So if you're using food um, to decompress and relax and just ease the pressure off of dealing with the kids, you want to um, you want to recognize when that's happening, and you want to come up with some other alternatives. What are some other ways I can relax? Now, again, we want to have a bigger picture thing. We don't want to just look at that moment because now you're anticipating you're going to be stressed with them um, and you're going into it probably stressed. So there might be even before that, before, you know, maybe you get five minutes alone somewhere where you're not dealing with the kids and you take that five minutes to just kind of relax and decompress. Then go into that situation knowing that it can be stressful and work on ways to kind of calm yourself down. What are some ways I can make this less stressful? And what are some alternatives I can have other than food to deal with the stress? You know, and again, you start approaching it this way and you come up with strategies and eventually you, you figure out what they are and then it's no longer a problem for you. Um, Don says, I got the small bag of gummy bears and can have them right after a meal if I choose. Yeah, that's a good one too. I used to get like um, little little bags of uh, like gummy, gummy fruits. That's a good one too, yeah. Again, you know what you're looking for? Like if you want something sweet after you eat a meal, the key things you want to keep in mind are, again, you want small. You know, a lot of times I think people think they need to eat a lot. So, so, you know, that's what that all or nothing thinking where people think the solution is, oh, not to have anything sweet after dinner. Maybe, or maybe you'll just get obsessed with sweet things after that. Okay. And so sometimes a better solution is to have strategies of a small thing, like a couple pieces of chocolate, um, a small bag of gummies, uh, something that you, you know, you can have that's small, that's going to satisfy that sweets and it's going to help you lose weight as well. So that I'm glad you said that Don. Um, you're welcome, Claire. But it's a, it's a practice, Claire. You see what I'm saying? Like it's a practice of you, you've identified one of the, the triggers for you. Um, and so now it's going to work on figuring out an antidote for it. And you don't just, you're not just going, oh, I'm just going to stop eating when I'm stressed. That, that's not what we want. We want to find better ways to relax and calm down, you see? And then we work on those strategies so we get them kind of locked in. And then everything changes, you know, because now you're not relying on the food to relax and, and de-stress, all right? Um, all right, I gotta get out of here, but please, uh, if you have not yet, go to my bio, uh, click the link and get the hypnosis session I give you, okay? It's a, it's called the New Thin Me. It's a weight loss kickstart session. It's about 10 minutes, but you'll listen to it and you will be motivated to get to your goal weight and you'll find that you naturally and automatically make better food choices for the next couple of days after just listening to it once, okay? And then more importantly though, is I give you a training right after that uh, which is three steps to master your weight. Please watch that, okay? Because I go through the entire, everything I'm saying, I kind of go through the full system um, of how to approach this, okay? I, I talk about my program at the end if you're interested in that, but it's a free training. It's really, really valuable, all right? I strongly suggest watching that. And um, yeah, and then I email you great stuff every day, you know, as well. So um, thank you for making weight loss real. Uh, you're welcome, Yvette. I, I appreciate you saying that. I love hearing that. that that's what I want to do. It's not enough just to know what you should do. 
right? You need to know how to be able to get yourself to do it. That's the key part. And once you know how to do that, then, you know, you can live at whatever weight you want. Okay, for real. That's what I'm talking about. But we need to figure out the little pieces of how to get myself to do it consistently. But you could, it exists. <laughs> Just don't ever teach them to you. So thanks so much, guys. All right, everyone, have a super day and we'll talk soon. Bye.